Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Morning Hookup on ESPN Lincoln. Lincoln, Nebraska. Happy Hump Day. Welcome in the morning hookup. Bill Hucks, Will Wilson. Back on a Wednesday. Will's jamming right now. Love it. We have a lot of fun today, like we always do. Here shortly, Robin Washit. Robin Washington and I are kind of on opposite ends this week. We are playing each other in fantasy football. Wow. Yeah. Kind of a big, big deal. Yeah, I'll we'll see how he reacts to me. We're still like friends this week. Well, just don't beat him too bad. You'll be well. Fine. No, he's got the best team in the league. I traded for a bunch of players, so we're, you know we'll talk about that with Robin and hoops night and all that stuff. We'll probably talk a little college hoops, college football playoff. Brian Munson, HuskerLine dot com, will join us around ten twenty. That's gonna be such an interesting conversation. Yeah. Because we're in like oh, two yeah. sides of this whole thing right now. Right? You've got Coach Rule being hired, who's trying to get himself established. He's got to talk to the you know the older recruits. Not the older, but the ones that have already uh, committed to Coach Joseph and that staff. Yes. Right? Yes. Keep that together. And also, uh, what we're hearing now, we got about, I think we have five new staff members, full-time staff members yeah. have already been hired of the 10. And there's offers being thrown out all over the place right now from that staff. So it's a weird time. We're a tough time. We'll see how that all turns out. And, and then leading up this whole week, I, I would assume that this staff is filled out by Friday. Okay. Not wasting okay. a lot of time. All right. Not wasting a lot of time. As this morning, it's been reported on that front that a former O'Neill, Nebraska, former Nebraska player coming back mr pete's making his way back to lincoln all right he's a good story by the way if you look at the rounds he's made he's thought i think he say he's 38 years old 38 and there's a few stops that'll make you go wow he's been through it and it's just 38 with his stops in the nfl currently well he was if it all you know goes around he was on the rams offensive staff under sean mcveigh but one of those stops that's going to intrigue you, that intrigues everyone, I think, when you hear this, that he was an analyst at Alabama under Nick Saban. Okay, that's uh, got a nice thing to hear. Yeah, and there's so much more. And, he's the, and they have a little local flavor on the team. And I believe, I believe, a couple years ago, I got the look, but I think he was a play caller at LSU, and Mickey was there. So there's yeah, some yeah. history. Well, I know, I know they right, worked he together. He was the play caller at LSU, I believe. And, uh, you know, he was, I know his name was tossed around for, you know, some jobs a few seasons ago mm-hmm. when we were trying to find a new OC and all that. I think a lot of people would have taken him over Whip. 
Who, by the way, that guy didn't waste <laughs> any time. On. That guy didn't waste any time getting out of town from what I heard. You, why do you got to say that? I just, you know, yeah, I did a lot. That, that is a low blow. Well, his name was thrown around before did, that. Well, that's maybe easy to say now. That guy didn't waste any time from what I'm, I'm on, what I'm hearing. He didn't waste any time. Like, God. apparently he was on a plane out of here like Saturday at some point. Really? Yeah. He's done. Well, See ya. Look how the Rams are doing. I don't think he wants any more with that. No, I'm talking about Whip. Oh, with Whip? Whip. I'm hearing he was out Saturday. Well, I mean. On a, on a plane. I don't, think he need, I, we all th- I don't think he needs to stick around for much. He's obviously not going to be brought back, so why waste his time? Yeah. You know what? Audi 5 Don't know what you happens know. with Whip. Maybe, I, if I were to guess, retirement's probably on his way. Yeah. Uh, enjoy it, Coach is, Whip. That sun is setting, isn't it? Had a long career. You need to chill over there. Why not wish the guy good? I don't wish him any ill wish will. Him good. But, man, he's talking about packing him back quick. I wonder if he had, like, boxes ready to go before Friday. They and weren't. How putting, do you know? They weren't doing turkey or decorations. They were packing. You don't know. I don't know. But one can assume. One can, one, have can a, assume. one can have a visual <laughs> whip. You got, you got back from Iowa and just started packing. Yeah. 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 Also, we'll have some audio. Uh, Coach Rule was on the Rich Eisen show. We got some audio from that. Rich Eisen. Yeah, good stuff. Rich Eisen. He's making the rounds. That's one thing. Yeah, doing the media rounds. They're making the media rounds. They're doing all that stuff. Maybe he'll be on Jim Rome sometime this week. Yeah, Justin, good question. Did Whip even come back from Iowa? You know, I don't know. I didn't say <laughs> yeah. where he left from. <laughs> he just left. Uh, before we get to Robin, by the way, boy, big news yesterday, huh? America gets it done. They advanced to the knockout stage of 16. That was really exciting. I t- I called Will. I texted Will. and uh, I, I was watching. I watched the second half. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that. You're like, I was watching soccer. I'm like, oh, okay. So what, did can... I, what did I call you? I, I texted you and I called you and said, I don't know what I watched, but it was exciting. Yeah, that's what she said. You said, I don't know what's happening, but I I loved I it. I don't know what I was happening, but I was intense. I was, like, chewing on my fingers at the bar. Oh, me too. My nails uh, are Look, bad. I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I looked at, uh, I was hanging out with my wife was there for a while. Nick was there. And I'm like, why do I feel like this is about to be like Husker football in the fourth quarter? Yeah, right. It had that feeling. Right, had that feeling. You're going to get punched in the boop, boop, well, which one of our players did. He got punched in the boop, boop. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't a knee. It took a knee to the nads. Yeah, uh, Christian Pulisic. But it was like they, what a great picture of him from the uh, hospital room. By the way, I know. <laughs> yeah, and he got hurt on a goal. The goal he scored. That's yeah. when he got hurt. And I mean, he put his body on the line. We gotta be thankful for him because that won us the game. Yeah. But you're, hooks, you're right. Everybody was feeling that because of what happened against Wales. I mean, the Wales like came about back to get at the, punched. Yeah, I mean, Wales came back in the last second and tied us. Uh, so we we were nervous, obviously, and you know we were giving them a lot of opportunities. Yeah, we were we, we were, were playing defense, right? Like is that what yes. I was understanding. We were just playing defense. We, we were staying back, trying to keep it tight. Pretty much doing what I, I Iran was doing. Uh, I, Iran. I, I about said Iran, but apparently can't say that. Yeah, you know, not real. Uh, but uh, apparently they were doing that thing to us in the first half. Yeah. So well, that's Robin Washington about it here in a minute too, because he was uh, I think he was down at Captain Jack's. Should I call him right now? Let's call him. He was down at Captain Jack's watching this. I missed him yesterday because he was going to come hang out, but he's like, I'm going to go get the experience, which I know a lot of people did. I was at Rosie's South, and there were probably 40 people at Rosie's South enjoying this. It was incredible. And again, I don't know what I was watching, but we won. And we advanced to Saturday against the Netherlands. 
The yes, the Dutch. The Dutch. Nine o'clock. Please leave your message for Robin. Wa- wash it. Answer the phone. I think he might have sent us straight to voicemail. Um, He'll text me. I'll get a text probably. But yes, Netherlands. That's that's who we. I, you know, it's so weird what Fox Sports is doing with these times. Sometimes they'll say so. The games, all these games have been at one, uh, but they they say it's at one Eastern time. So it'd be noon Nebraska time. No, no, but that's what they, that's what they've been saying. But they've always been one o'clock here our but time. Not anymore. So I think they mean coverage is starting around that time. If that's the case, then I think the game is at nine on Saturday. I could be very wrong. Somebody should correct us if if you know. Uh, but I'll be in Minnesota watching some morning soccer. Yeah, you will. Get that big trip. I can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, Robin, we'll see what he's doing. Uh, but, yeah, what a big win for the U.S. yesterday, especially against a team that they have history with. It is a rivalry. You know, the two teams don't necessarily like each other. That one felt good. I was yes, watching with my buddies. That was good. We that even popped good. open a bottle of champagne. You as, said that. Uh, You're like, the champagne's flowing over here. Tunisia just takes a 1-0 lead over France, which is pretty impressive. Am I saying that, that country right? Say it again. Tunisia. Tunisia. Yeah, sure. I don't know. You better ask them. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, he was offside. Never mind. They took the goal back. They took it back because they had to do whatever that replay system is, which well, cost us one yesterday, by the way. So I agree. That second goal that we almost scored, I thought he was onside. But they, they had that little whatever they call it. VAR. VAR took this goal number two away. Yes, and according to VAR, they showed it. it we, our guy was offside by a little bit, so you know, whatever VAR says goes. I guess. But it didn't matter. Because they got it done, one nothing. they advance. It's kind of like everybody talking about the Nebraska-Iowa game. Like, uh, yes, we almost gave it away, but we still won. We still won. It doesn't matter. And I, I don't know all the ins and outs. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, but apparently, like, Clint uh, Dempsey's his name was very critical of some subs that we made that weren't very good. Yeah, well, you know, when Clint, I don't know. I just I, I just read this stuff. When Clint Dempsey uh, speaks, you you listen, okay? He's obviously one of the best sure. players we've ever had. It says on, on my deal here, we play at 9 o'clock in the morning. 9 o'clock, okay. 9 o'clock. Boom, good. Good, because 8's a little early. 9 o'clock. 8's a little early. Right here. And I think I'm pretty sure this is to the time set here. 9 o'clock. Which is still a little early action. Okay. Gives you a reason to get up and put your America clothes on, America shoes, whatever you got, and get down to some local spots. The Netherlands. I uh, actually always played as the Netherlands on FIFA, the video game. Yeah, oh, you played yeah. You played with, why don't you play the U.S.? I do a lot of the times, okay. but the, I've had some success okay. with uh, the Netherlands. Okay. And, uh, I think this is Robin Washington. He's calling us back, oh, I bet. Oh, what do you see. think? You're on the morning hookup. Good morning. Uh, someone called my number. Oh, we must oh. have dialed the wrong number. We apologize for that. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, no problem. Bye. <laughs> That's just good stuff. That can't be right. You can't make up what just happened. That can't be right. I swore I, I that, dialed the correct we number. We can't make up what just happened. Did Robin change his number? No. I wanted the, We should have got her name. Whatever. She Sorry, been embarrassed. Sorry, she's, Sandy. She's like, she sounded like a Sandy. We'll call her Sandy. Um, you have Robin's number. Uh, yes, I have Robin's Please. number. Sure. This is the best start to my morning ever. 
Somebody call from this number. <laughs> Golden radio. That was pretty funny, but... Oh, Robin, please. Swore this was the number I dialed. This was not the number you dialed, because it went right to voicemail the first time. Hello? Robin Watson, you're on the morning hookup, finally. Yeah, no, I was getting worried there. Well... This is the best thing ever. So this is what just this is radio gold uh, for me. So we dialed a number or wheeled out a number. I thought it was and your went number. right to voice. And we're like, oh, he's not ready. He'll send me a text. And then the phone rang back, and it was this nice little old lady that said, <laughs> "Did you guys call this number?" <laughs> Should have put her on. We did. No, she, she didn't was know. On air. She didn't know. She was on did air. Someone, oh. She said, "Did someone call me from this number?" <laughs> you ever break down the Matt Rule hire? I mean, we should have. Well take advantage. I mean, we should have, right? She sounded like a Sandy. We're calling her Sandy. We're calling her Sandy. Sandy. Yeah. That was the best. And you know what's funny is I know, I know Robin's number better than anybody else we have on the show just because we've had him on for so long. I've, I've memorized the number. but <laughs> That tweet just came in. Justin said, who is that lady with Robin? <laughs> 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 Don't worry, just my grandma. Just your grandma. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Robbie Washington, HuskerLine.com. Boy, never a dull moment on a Wednesday. Um, Robert, uh, yesterday, America got it done. And um, I called Will after the match. And I said, I don't know if you're in the same camp because I didn't play soccer. Or I said, I don't know what I watched, but it was amazing. Well, I've. I'd never played like any sort of like remotely competitive level of soccer, but I've covered enough matches at the high school and college level of my career to have a fairly good understanding about what's going on. And and every four years, I I pretend that I know all about soccer. So World Cup, I'm all in. Um, Every other game match of the year uh, between World Cups, I couldn't care less about. Um, so, you know, I, I was fully invested as well, even though I did have a, a pretty good idea of what I was watching. Yeah, I tried because I was with uh, another one of our, you know, our friends that we hang out with, and he was getting technical with me, and I said, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know what, Explain it to me like, like I'm sick. Like we're playing defense, and I get that. Now, you were down, uh, you went down, I believe, to Captain Jack, didn't you? What was that like? Oh, it was awesome. It was packed shoulder to shoulder, but uh, luckily I was able to carve out a spot um, close enough to the bar where it was easy access and have a TV screen right in front of me. And it was fun. Like they do all the chants and everything like that. Cause anybody that doesn't know, that's where, uh, that's the home base of the American outlaws mm-hmm. uh, club, which is the um, official fan club of the United States men's national team. Uh, and so all like the real diehards, go there and um i know a couple of the guys that got that thing going and so it was fun to kind of experience that it's like when everyone else around you is way into it it's hard not to get way into it as well so uh the atmosphere was just as good as the the actual game so do it again on saturday did you get beer on you you know i i didn't get there in time for the actual goal um because i had to do work stuff until then so i got there at halftime and uh, there were no goals scored, uh, but if had they scored a goal, I was fully prepared to just helicopter my beer around the bar. Like it was, it was gonna be, it was gonna be a scene. And it was cool because uh, I believe it was a camera crew from NPR was there. They're like doing some documentary on the American Outlaws or whatever. So uh, <laughs> if you tune into that, you might see me uh, 
emotionally celebrating a, a United States victory. Leave around like a helicopter. I love it. Perfect. Uh, speaking of diehards tonight, uh, we're going to do we have some hoops tonight. The ACC Big Ten Ooh. Challenge. The ending of it. The ending of the ACC yep. Big Ten Challenge. It sounds like. Uh, you never got that North Carolina matchup. No, though. I didn't ever think that was going to happen, probably. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we one could only have hoped. Uh, but tonight, hey, the, we got Boston College. Before I ask you about the game, someone asked, wanted me to ask, how many times have we played Boston College in this thing? Because it feels like we play them like every other year. I want to say twice. Um, yeah, but basically the way I kind of explain it is if, and this doesn't necessarily apply to Boston College, but if you've played, if Nebraska football has played an ACC team in an Orange Bowl, that's going to be the matchup in the, the challenge. Uh, so they played Virginia Tech a few times. Um, played Florida State um, a couple times. I think played Miami. Uh, so um, trying to think of who else they got. Clemson, uh, mm-hmm. and then obviously Boston College. So there's been about like four or five teams that they've cycled through in the existence of this tournament. So it hasn't made for the most appealing matchups for Nebraska, but that's what you get when you lose. I remember going to Wake Forest and Ray Gallegos taking oh, over. Yeah. Oh, Wake yeah. Wake Forest. That's another one I forgot oh, about. Look that. at you, your young man spitting out knowledge. I love it. I love it. Um, before we get into Boston College, let's go back to playing. Uh, we are down in Orlando. Uh, we did go one and two. Uh, but, uh, boy, what an impressive performance against a Florida State team, which I have no idea what's going on with Florida State. Maybe they're just they're not terrible. good. Because that surprises me because Leonard Hamilton is like a Hall of Fame type coach. Yeah, I mean, they've got four and five stars on that team. Yeah, and, and he's 74 years old, by the way. He looks the best I've ever seen a 74-year-old look. Yeah, I can only pray that I look like that at 74. Uh, yeah, but you go back to it, maybe they're just terrible. But Nebraska looked pretty good and might have found a little something. Obviously, it's a big key getting Derek Walker back. Uh, but And I know you talked about it. You even, I think you tweeted out, this might be the best. That was the best performance of his career maybe at Nebraska. Yeah, and I don't know if it's really close, just considering – everything that he did he didn't just score career high 20 points and i think it was just a couple boards or a board or two shy of his uh, career high rebounding 13 rebounds um he had i think for three or four assists uh, he's 10 to 12 from the field like i mean he was pretty much perfect but the the real separator was just how involved he was um <laughs> in their pre- press break and bringing the ball up court uh, and you know allowing uh, Nebraska's guards to get a little bit of breathing room, um, and, and when he was facilitating uh, in the half court um, in the high post, that got Sam Greasel going. And Sam had been struggling um, offensively; just hadn't been shooting the ball. He went from averaging uh, like 20 points over the first two games to like eight or nine um, over the last few, uh, and a lot of that was just kind of junk basket. So Fred challenged Sam to be more aggressive offensively and shoot more. And a big reason why he was able to do that was because Derek took over, um, you know, a, a decent portion of the, um, you know, running or facilitating the offense in the half court. So um, the ripple effect of Derek Walker was pretty significant, not just with his personal production, but the way that he opened things up for everybody else. You know, Florida State has a seven foot four center, former ju- uh, four star. Uh, junior college player who coincidentally I saw play live at the junior college national championships when blaze Kata dominated him, um, mm. in a semifinal win, mm. uh, for, for Coffeeville. So I'd, I'd seen, um, I can't remember the kid's name, Naheem, uh, blank on his name. Either way, he's a seven foot four. And so Derek Walker was forced 
that seven foot four center to get out of the paint and come out and guard him in the perimeter. And that was a huge mismatch because he couldn't stick with Derek. Derek was like going behind the back, dribbling, like basically just in his bag, cooking him off the dribble. But then that opened up so many back cuts and easy layups that um, you know wouldn't have been there had Nebraska not been able to pull that big out of the post. So, uh, you know, like I said, Derek Walker was fantastic. Um, yes, Florida State is terrible. I have no, no idea why because he's have really good players. Um, but Nebraska did what they were supposed to do. Uh, they took the game over in the second half, and it, it wasn't even hardly competitive uh, for the, the last you know, 20 minutes of that game. So um, it was encouraging that Nebraska was able to do that and win in that fashion. Just considering the way the previous two games had gone, they didn't look good at all. Um, granted, uh, one of those was without Derek. The other one was his first game back. Um, but, you know, to, to get some positivity, get a win, not going over down in Orlando, and you come back, you got another opportunity for a high major win tonight. Um, those games are critical because you think about what happens when you flip that calendar to December, you got three straight top 10 teams in a row, then Kansas State. And so, like, uh, you're on the road for two of those games, or technically three of them because K-State's in Kansas City. So um, it's a gauntlet that lies ahead, and every win Nebraska can stockpile is critical. Uh, So they were able to at least get one. Um, Probably should have gotten at least two, uh, in my opinion, in Orlando. Um, But they salvaged at least one victory. Now they got a chance to string together back-to-back Power 5 wins and, you know, Momentum can can go a long way, uh, and they're going to need every bit of it uh, with with what lies ahead uh, in the next couple weeks. Yeah, Robin, talk about those two other games real quick. We, we don't got to spend much time on them, but Oklahoma, who we played first, they went on to win the whole thing. And, of course, Memphis, you know, they, we know their coach, and they get a lot of talent there. What did you see in those first two games? Uh, I didn't watch the Memphis game because I was going on right during the uh, <laughs> Nebraska football game. So uh, I, I didn't really get to evaluate it much past the box score. Um, but with the Oklahoma game, I mean, like Sooners came in averaging like over just over five made threes a game, and they had like almost ten in the first half. So uh, they were shooting out of their minds. So credit them, but it's also a indictment of Nebraska's perimeter defense. They were really slow and lazy on their defensive closeouts, and just weren't playing nearly with enough effort uh, on that end of the floor to negate that. So um, you know. Oklahoma shot it well, but they also got a lot of good shots because of how poorly Nebraska defended. So disappointing starts. That was a game I thought that they could win. Oklahoma had been struggling. Um, you know, they're not the most dynamic team out there. Certainly that Nebraska going to play this season, but you know, Nebraska just didn't, didn't get the job done. And then they get Derek Walker back against Memphis and he puts together a double double, but then has nine turnovers. And I think a lot of that is just him having to kind of jump in, uh, hit the ground running with this, uh, you know, against a, a good Memphis team, and they, they play a, a real high-pressure defense, and Nebraska struggled with that. But, again, you know, with the way that they bounced back 48 hours later against Florida State and, and won that way was at least encouraging considering how disappointing the first two games in Orlando were. Uh, Robin, tonight, oh boy, the late night, 8.15, 8.20, uh, we'll be down. Yeah, it's gonna be, I think it's going to be closer to 8.20. 8.20, ESPNU, right, I believe, in, yeah. on the network of ESPNU tonight. Boston College coming to town. 
Uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup, I think, because what Nebraska likes to do is contrasting to what Boston College likes to do on the offensive end. Um, this, I, I feel like this is a game, one, that you've got to win the boards again. Nebraska's done a really nice job of, of the boards, but also trying to dictate the pace because Boston College doesn't like to get up and down like Nebraska does. Yeah, if Boston College has it their way. They'll win 55-50, to 50, just the way that they like to play. Uh, so um, they're a very good defensive team. A lot of that is because they do limit possessions with um, you know, the, the way that they play offense. So they're certainly not going to try to get in a track meet. They're going to try and slow things down as much as possible. Um, they're a very good defensive rebounding team, um, so they don't give up extra possessions. And they block a lot of shots at the rim. So just scoring against them is hard. Uh, so Nebraska has to be uh, you know, at the top of their game efficiency-wise offensively and make good decisions with the ball to where they're not turning it over um, and taking bad shots because those bad shots will get blocked and they will be rebounded by Boston College. So um, that's going to be a critical component, like you mentioned, the board, specifically the offensive glass. Nebraska has been really good. Um, generating uh, second-chance opportunities with their offensive rebounding. Juwan Gary highlights that. Mm. Um, you know, I talked about one of Boston College's strengths is defensive rebounding. One of Nebraska's strengths is offensive rebounding. You know, who, who's going to win that matchup is going to be a big part of it. Um, but then, you know, also I think they kind of talked about keeping that thing that they found going with Derek Walker to where he's facilitating more in the high post and, and getting guys like Sam Greasel more involved offensively because Nebraska needs all the help it can get um, when it comes to scoring. And so Sam Greasel is a guy that is right up there uh, as far as guys that, that need to step up. And so getting him, continuing to get him more involved, I think is going to be critical. I think Derek Walker is going to be a, a, a major piece to accomplishing that. Robin watched it, by the way. If you haven't got a chance, you need to go to HuskerLight.com because he puts out the article every, every game day. And if you scroll to the bottom, he'll give you the score prediction. And he is five and two right now, by the way. Know, five and misses two. Misses were Oklahoma and who did I miss before? You, I can't remember. Uh, I did you miss um, Arkansas Pine Bluff, like a lot of people did? Mm, uh, the spread, I did. Yes. Yes. Uh, they're currently five and a half point favorites tonight. But I'm not going to give you Robin's uh, prediction because you need to go to huskerline.com and read it. Five and a half. Five and a half. Okay, that, yeah, because when, when I wrote that, they didn't have the line out. It's out so right gotta, now, and the over-unders, any guess on the over-unders? 136. Oh <laughs> Oof, I told you. Like, what, one, that's, that's expecting Boston College to do Boston College. Things. It's 131, and the team over, If you're bet, if you're for entertainment purposes only, if you want to go for the uh, team total, it's 68.5 points for Nebraska and 62.5 for Boston College. What was my score? I forgot. I'm not. I was not going to tell you. I was going to make him go to the article. But if you want oh, me to, yeah, okay. I was pointing. Uh, out, I can give it to you if you want to know it. Yeah, go ahead. Say Sixty-seven. Okay. You have it. Sixty-seven. Sixty-three. Nebraska. Ooh, so I got I got BC covering. Them. You okay. have the cover. That's what you would be predicting tonight. Yeah, I'll stick with that. <laughs> All right. We're talking to Robin Washit. Uh, Robin, we did have a new football coach get in there uh, the other day. Oh, yeah, that, that thing. What happened? Might as well get into that real quick. Uh, what did you think of the hire? What did you think of the press conference? And and what do we? Uh, where do we go from here? Well, I mean, as far as what needed to be accomplished in that press conference, I thought that uh, Matt Rule nailed it. Said all the right things. 
said it with confidence, said it with passion, and in a way that um, you know people that may have been on the fence maybe got sold a little bit on on what that vision is and uh, you know where uh, you know he's he's planning on taking this program and how he's going to do it. So you know you you take that for what it is. We've heard a lot of coaches say a lot of the right things over the years, and it just doesn't happen come fall Saturday. So um, it was a good first step. Uh, you know, you're starting to see uh, the staff take shape, and um, there's a heavy NFL flavor uh, with this staff and um, a lot of emphasis on guys that are developers. Um, and I think they still need to find their, their go-to recruiter, especially with Mickey apparently uh, not being retained. So, um, you know, I think that uh, is still to be determined on just what the staff looks like. But so far, you know, I, I think it's, it's been pretty good. But yeah, Nebraska's won a lot of off-seasons over the years, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that come, uh, come, come actual season. Yeah, and you look at what's they got. What are we up to? Five full time now? Maybe is that where we're at? Maybe five. I, I believe so. We've got a running list. You do. Um, yeah. I know that obviously Jake Peets just popped as the quarterbacks coach uh, this morning. So um, you know, I don't know what the exact total is now. I have to go look. But yeah, it's it's coming together quickly, and that's what Matt Rule said was going to happen. You know, he said that he'd like ideally to have his full staff in place, all ten full time assistants in place by Friday, because Friday is when coaches can start going on the road and uh, having in-home visits with recruits as when schools can start hosting recruits on official visits on campus. So um, time is of the essence, and they're off to a pretty good start where at least half of the full-time staff or at least five hires, five or six hires have been made to kind of get the ball rolling on that to where they're going to be ready to roll for a very critical few weeks because Friday um, is – Recruiting calendar flips, and you can start making visits. Uh, and then shortly after, I think, believe December fifth is uh, the, when the transfer portal window opens. So um, you're not just recruiting future players; you're recruiting current players on your roster, and you're recruiting potential transfers. So uh, it's going to be a crazy few weeks here for Matt Rule and this staff. Um, so they've, they've got a lot of work to do in a very short amount of time. Um, so it's good that uh, they're making very quick progress with with getting that staff together because they need to be at full force as quickly as possible yeah um, do you feel like uh, and you mentioned this um, you know briefly about mickey do you get the f- the sense that each day that goes on or every minute every hour you don't hear something that it's leaning towards mickey not being at nebraska and maybe what the uh the impact might be yeah i mean it, i guess nothing's official on that it just doesn't look like it's going to happen um, it doesn't feel like it yeah, and I think Mickey's going to have other opportunities, you know, that potential head coaching opportunities somewhere. So, um, you know, I guess technically the door's not shut on that, but at this point I'm I'm not expecting it. Uh, so, you know, it's I'm sure disappointing for a lot of people because Mickey did a tremendous job and uh, a very difficult situation he was put in and salvaged the season. I mean, they still only won four games, but it could have been a whole lot worse than that. Uh, had Mickey not been able, and that staff, not just Mickey, but the rest of the coaching staff, had, been, had they not been able to do what they did and, and keep that group together and, and keep them fighting to where, you know, they actually ended the year on a high note. So, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good coach. He's a real good recruiter. Um, he's got a lot of support, both internally in the program and then around the fan base. But, you know, Matt's got to do what what he thinks is right for, for his staff and his program. And, 
you know, he mentioned that at his press conference. These guys are 100% bought into our vision and, you know, willing to do all the things necessary to make our vision happen. Um, then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to anybody, but, you know, maybe Mickey's got different opinions on stuff and if that's, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a business. it's a business. You're not, you're not always going to be, uh, in step with your head coach or with, uh, the direction that um, your current employers wanting to go. So, uh, you know, I'm sure Mickey's disappointed, but he's just, he's going to be fine. Like he said after Iowa, he's like, I got a good resume and somebody's going to hire me. So I'm not overly worried about him landing on his feet and in a really good spot. It's, you know, just kind of unfortunate that it couldn't happen at Nebraska just because of, you know, his the, the work that he's done here, um, his connections uh, to – recruits uh and the, the current players and also just the, the support that he has within the fan base uh robin come more for get you out of here my friend um we're in week 13 of the nfl and you look up currently it's a big week for your giants uh as they sit in the six spot right now and they're playing the seven spot commanders well i mean they need i think they need three more wins out of these finals I believe, uh, and they got two of them against the Commanders. So both those games are must wins because you know they got the Eagles twice. You've got um, the Vikings, and you got the Colts. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's how it. Yeah. So you know, there's it's a, it's a tough road ahead. The good news is the Giants actually uh, aren't completely decimated by injuries. So we'll, we'll we'll have some guys that are supposed to be starters starting as opposed to just a bunch of practice squad guys and i don't know washington i don't know i'm maybe i'm just a hater i don't think they're very good um, they're just they've annoying over, they're just annoying yeah they've enough. overachieved which so have the giants so you know there's no reason the giants can't win that game so it's a critical must win game they lose that then uh, i got a bad feeling about them holding on to make the playoffs uh but if they win it they're right back into the conversation and, uh, you know, we're going to have a much easier shot at, at clinching that thing down the road. Robin, I'm going to my first ever NFL game this weekend. I'm going to the Vikings-Jets games. Uh, what is what What should be on the bucket list, man? What should I get done? Well, make sure you bring a lot of money with you because beers are expensive. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so you're going to Minnesota? That's right. All right. Um, I've been to a game, a couple games up there. Uh, not in the new stadium, though, but it's right downtown, so... Find yourself an establishment because it's going to be cold. Uh, and there's a spot close to the stadium that's like right off the rail line there that takes you straight to the stadium. And it's right outside this bar where they do like a brunch thing for like 20 bucks. You have this like huge uh, like food and all you can drink type deal. I can't remember the name of it. So it's a terrible plug. But there's, you know, I don't know what the tailgating scene is like out there just because of the location of the stadium and how cold it's going to be. Uh, so find yourself uh, a good establishment, post up shop, and then make your way over. I've heard that stadium is fantastic and like a great fan experience. So you're going to have a good time, but just don't get sticker shock when you go to the concession stand. <laughs> He's been working and then slinging drinks at the tavern, so he should be good. Uh, Rob, you mentioned that, that we talked about the Giants. I'm not going to lie to you. I hope Barkley goes off for about four tutties this week for other reasons. You know, I'm in a position where I, I'm right there with you to where a loss to you in fantasy football is, you know, a, a, a loss I'm willing to take if it means that Saquon goes off and, and 
wins the game over the Commanders. So I, I will gladly trade that. It took me. A, it's a close matchup, but you've been killing people in fantasy. So, well, so have you. Yeah. Well, last week I, I mean, you, you won by forty, and you had Josh Jacobs and his sixty whatever points <laughs> on, on your bench. bench. It was such a weird so, movement because I, I had him in the lineup, but I kept reading that there was just a chance he doesn't play. And I'm like, well, if he plays, he might not be at you know at the top. Who knew he was going to have sixty? Yeah, nobody knew. Nobody that was knew. A, that he's was he's in the lineup this week right now, just in case. Well, good. Hopefully, he comes back down to earth. <laughs> Robin, always a pleasure, my man. Appreciate your time, and uh, I'll stop over and I'll see you tonight. Sounds good, man. All right, brother. Take see you, care. Robin. See you guys. Robin Washington, HuskerLine.com right there. Good stuff. Uh, if you got tickets, go down to PBA, and I know it's a late start. I'll be there. 20, I'll be there. I don't know who I'm going with yet because it's one of those weird times because it's my it's late. It's late. My kid, Ty, has uh, school tomorrow. So Well, yeah, and you bring Tanner, and he'll be asleep. Tanner ain't going. He'll be asleep Tanner's by halftime. not going. He was That's, falling asleep yeah, at the last game Tanner's I saw not you going. on. He is a regimented kid. He usually goes starts fading about 830. Yeah, okay. He goes so much throughout the day, so uh, I'm just debating on bringing Ty down. And it's not about bringing him down; it's about what the next morning is like, right? And him understanding, like you go, then you got to get back up. Well, yeah, I mean, because we won't be home until like eleven thirty. That's my that might be pushing it. Eleven, yeah, two and a half hours. Well, 1045, maybe you're right. 11. God, that's late, isn't it? Yeah. So you're starting to think about it, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I'm going either way. I'm I'll going. be. I'll get off work and jet down there. Hopefully I'll be down. I should be. Just don't know if I'm going. Let me know so. if you go down, though. Yeah, I will. All right, let's take a break. Good stuff from Robin Washington. 40-minute segment. Very good, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah it was. Well, we just were. Yeah, my bad. That, right. was, that was a podcast. Yeah, it was a good one, though. It was, no, it was good. good, yeah. It was good. So, All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, and uh, let's talk college football.